everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with someone that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time, Moshe Kasher. Hello Hi. and welcome. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Lots to talk about. Um, you and your wife, Natasha Legero, have a Netflix special, the Honeymoon Special. That is true. It is coming out on April 17th or depending on when you upload this episode. It's coming out today, yesterday, last week, next week. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's coming out tomorrow. Probably tonight at midnight, tonight actually. Tonight at midnight, which is technically tomorrow for right. those of you that are midnight nerds. <laughs> I have a huge following of midnight nerds. <laughs> right. They, I never receive more tweets than when I mess that up. Yeah, they they left, I call it today. They loved at midnight. Yeah, because, <laughs> until it moved until, to eleven. That was a true betrayal of the of the, the midnight the midnight coven. At midnight sold out. That's right. When they went to eleven. That's right. Like, it was what do you stand for? It was big eleven that <laughs> offered them a right. new time slot and they couldn't say no. I know. Well, so you have this special, which I want to talk about. It's so good. It's three parts. Three parts. Yeah, it's a three shall I just launch go into my well, okay, but I just have to say the other thing that we have to talk about. Yes. We have to talk about everything. Let's talk but about it. But the other all. big thing is you have a six week old baby. That's so true. And as someone who once had a six week old baby. I need to know how you're faring because those are some dark, hard times. Let's talk special first. Uh, Okay, great. Uh, The special is a three-part special, which I think is a first of its kind. Although it was funny. We were like, I was telling our publicist, we have a publicist. We are uh, sort of important people yeah. in the you know like publicist um special space in the special space yeah we're multi-hyphenates we do specials stand-up and live performance of comedy wow. so they were true multi-hyphenates mm-hmm. we do three things but we'd actually do the same thing three times is the world ready for that i don't you tell me but also you're a married couple who does it that's right uh like sunny and share yeah, actually exactly. we were talking about share off mic and 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 the, how prescient I was, or prescient—I so don't know how to say it. I don't—I don't even know what you're referring to. PR, I know the word. I know. Okay. I'm joking. Oh, there's a great clip, by the way. Great clips is my favorite. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by Great Clips. Great Clips. If you want a bad haircut, but you want it uh, cheap, cheaply, mm-hmm. or and it's prescient, clip it or, up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> New sponsor. Um, no, there is this great. Uh, news clip of um, some news program like an MSNBC program where they're talking about the Iraq war and all of a sudden it's a call-in show and you should all look it up it's like the funniest clip ever and this woman calls in and she's like I just this is an illegal war there are no weapons of mass destruction this is a this is subterfuge it's pure and simple and then the host goes uh is this is this Cher and she's like yeah this is Cher (laughs) but anyway and it was (laughs) <laughs> it's share. That's amazing. It's so good. Clearly, she's called in many times before, <laughs> and the idea that he's asking her if she's share is like, yeah, yes, I'm share, but I, we need to talk about this war in Iraq. <laughs> anyway, 
Uh, so Cher and I, uh, mm-hmm. my Cher, Natasha Legero, do a three-part special um, that is, uh, it's a three-episode special, so it streams kind of like a regular uh, Netflix show. Right. Uh, she does a stand-up set of, of a half an hour. I do a stand-up special of a half an hour. And then at the end, do you see how I minorly degraded her? Hers is a set. Mine is a special. Right. They're both special. She opened for you. That's right. <laughs> that was, the joke is, uh, is, is, in fact, who would go first. She went first in the special, and the whole open opening uh, uh, little little preamble number is us fighting over who gets to go first but it doesn't really make sense if you know stand up because everybody wants to go second whatever so she goes on I go on and then at the end we come on together and we do like live relationship counseling aka we just like roast a bunch of couples mm-hmm. which is really fun and really cool and this was a tour that you guys did right yeah it started as a tour and it was actually Tasha's idea she was like she it, it you don't do the road too much, right? Not really. The worst part of the road is being alone. You're, you, they say you get paid to travel and the shows you do for free, right? <laughs> and uh, it's it's by far the worst part of being a stand-up comic. And when you're single and a man, you know, there's, 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 the, perks. there's bonuses. Um, and then when you become a not single man, those bonuses dwind, are gone. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I remember the first New Year's Eve I, I, when I was with uh, Natasha... I was at 12.04. I had a like, cup of noodles in my armpit <laughs> from the like residence in... I've, uh, sh- I've shopped there. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great place, right? Yeah. You ever got the shoes there? They have a special, uh, uh, just like a shoe collection. Really nice. Residence. No, I, I haven't. Residence in R- Residence slippers. pumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sound comfortable. Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah. But yeah, no, 12.05, I had like combos, a cup of noodles, and like, you know, a haagen bar. And I was like tromping up to my mm-hmm. room. So the funny thing for me is as pathetic as that is, I'm still always like score the little kiosk is open and I can get my special K bar. No, right. It's like there's nothing more pathetic than shopping at the residence in shopping center, except except going to the residence in shopping center and having it like shuttered and you're (laughs) looking in like the Mervyn's commercial open, open, open. (laughs) (laughs) So that uh, solved that. Natasha was like, let's go on the road together. Uh, it'll it'll solve the loneliness of the road, and we'll be able. To, I mean, did she also feel the loneliness of the road? It is it is universal and ubiquitous. Unless I don't know, you know, Bert Kreischer. I do. Sometimes I feel like Bert doesn't feel the loneliness of the road. I feel like Doug Benson doesn't feel the loneliness of the road. That's true, but both of them have like party things they built do. into their yeah. thing, which is like that's their great leveling up. I used to love going on the road when I was a wild, a wild man sowing my oats. But mm-hmm. I do think that something changes when you settle down. Doug, time to settle down. No, but you're, I mean, it, it, Doug has a party that follows him. Right. Everywhere He's that he goes. He's got an entourage, a moving entourage. Yeah. So we went on the road. And then with no pretense of it turning into a, a special, but it, it became this thing where it was really at the last minute that we even decided to do the third act, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, where we bring the couples up right. and we would like do relationship counts like literally like we bring couples up and we interview them about the relationship where they met and then we sort of find out what each of them what each of their pet peeve is about the other person and one woman admits she is a sociopath that is true that's that, amazing yeah she's like there's a great moment where he's like uh, she just doesn't have feelings and I go you don't have feelings at all and she just goes well <laughs> 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 it's a very Jewy way of saying yeah. I've taken human life, you know. <laughs> right. 
I mean, uh, yeah, there was there, there's always fun magic that happens as a result of that third acting. That, that's really the, the 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 money thing of the of the whole special. I mean, our stand up is very good. I'm very proud of it. But the, what makes it, I think, a really unique special is that third act. Where, How did and so when you toured, did you do that? It was that the format? Yeah. So literally, like I said, when we went, when we hit the road the first day, we were just going to do a stand up tour because both Natasha and I are our stand ups that have toured a lot on our own, and I thought. I think it was my idea. I thought, well, we should do something special. Oh, I like how you like gently let us know that it was your idea. I mean, I think I might have come up with what turned into our special, but yeah, I think the, I think the main creative hook of the entire thing <laughs> something main, I came up with. Yeah, the kind of brilliant, kind of inspired part of it was definitely me. <laughs> but uh, she did. Natasha was there. She definitely was there. You know, and the thing, what is a wife if not a person to support her husband morally through his creative process? Right, you know? to be there. Just be there. <laughs> <laughs> Great clips. Be there. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, the first time we did it was in Portland and Greg Barrett was there who he was on our show. Mm-hmm. At, at first, there was a, we, we were like, oh, we'll have a bunch of comedians and then we'll... We'll do, and then Greg Barrett was this, you know, famous right, comedian. He's that, just not that into you. He's just not that into you. And he would, we were like, oh, he could like help us with real relationship counseling. Well, so we brought him out, and it was kind of a little sloppier, but that very quickly fell away. And we're like, oh, let's just insult these people. That's so much easier. <laughs> but Natasha always pushed back on that. She always wanted to like try to solve relationship mm-hmm. problems, which I just don't feel like we were qualified for. <laughs> uh, how did you find the couples? Would you just invite couples up? Oh, literally, randomly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you literally be a show of hands? We started to realize as time went on, because we did about three legs of the tour before we did the special, we started to realize the more eager the hand, the uh, like if they were incredibly uneager, that was bad. Mm-hmm. And if they were super eager, that was really bad. You don't want somebody that's like, oh, me, me, me. Right. Because it's just a drunk idiot who's like, I just love you, Natasha. I wanted to meet <laughs> you. I remember you from Chelsea lately in the roast. And we're like, okay, cool. Let's do the uh, the part where we actually interview you. That was not there. So you wanted somebody in the sweet spot of a of a one partner raising their hand, the other partner very reluctantly saying, no, mm-hmm. that's the perfect couple because they got some shit to go through. Right. They, they have some things to talk about. I feel like it's sort of like casting a reality show. I read an article a million years ago that I've mentioned before that no one can find since and I also can't find it and it makes me think that maybe I imagined it except I know I didn't. It was an article about how when you're casting a reality show, there's people that are considered red lights green lights and yellow lights and like the red light people are always going to create conflict yellow light people you can't quite predict what way they're going to go and then green light people are people pleasers um and how like yellow light is what you want a mixture but yellow light is like the sweet spot for reality shows that's interesting and, and you need one red light right yeah you need the whole thing you always have to have yeah. one red light that's but i feel like the person who's like me me i'll be on your reality show they're red light. Yes. That's red light? I would imagine. Yeah. I like think they're that's not going to be right. as good as, I don't know, maybe they are good. I mean, who knows? Well, I wish need, I hadn't brought it up. Well, no, I'm glad that you did. Okay. I was going to bring it up. I know the article. I know <laughs> oh where it God, is. Oh my God, where was I've it? Been, I'm not, unfortunately, uh, going to yeah. tell you. Damn it. Yeah, but I do know exactly where it is. I could cite it for okay, you. Great, but you're not going to. I just can't. I have an, I have an NDA. Wow. With that particular, with people.com. That's Damn so- it, it's with people. Oh no. Okay, I got to go. Um, <laughs> No, I, I actually, as a person who my stand up is like, um, 
really good. No, my stand-up is a, there's a lot of crowd work involved in it, and I and I I have like a chip on my shoulder about crowd work. I feel like what people, I just feel like people d- look down on crowd work as if it's some sort of an easy thing. And mm. but when people say crowd work is easy, they're usually talking about people that do easy crowd work, right? Not people that are sort of at the top of the of the heap. Like you watch Patrice O'Neill do his uh, crowd work. Um, unfortunately, that's not available any any longer. But if you were able probably to, a recorded version, there is, is per- yeah. there is perhaps. But watching him live, you nobody would have said watching him do his thing like oh this is easy or cheap mm-hmm. it was like a thing of of sort of otherworldly beauty and and so it's like casting a reality show when you're doing a, a show where on the fly you're picking these couples like when you're casting a reality show in real time like you don't have the chance to screen them and uh, that i always say that if you if you don't get what you want out of a crowd or i would guess in this case a couple it's not because there, it wasn't there. It's usually because you, the comedian, wasn't able to do the job of shaking mm-hmm. the magic out of them. Right. So we would have these crazy things that just felt impossible, just totally impossible because they were so amazing and it would happen again and again and again every night. So, so anyway. you're good at shaking the magic is what you're saying? No, I'm saying th- th- that there is magic in every crowd. And oh, that, yeah. And, and, that, uh, and that, yes, I am, I am incredibly skilled and humble. Those are my two... Right. My two main qualities are my humility and my skill. You almost didn't even want to do this podcast because you're like, I'm uncomfortable talking about myself and my comedy. and Because it's so good. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it's so truly good, I can't. <laughs> no, I wasn't bragging. I was more saying like every single crowd had a moment of, wait, this feels fake. There's mm-hmm. no way this is real. Right. And I just feel like every crowd has that in it because people are fascinating yeah. and interesting and you can find it. Are the dynamics of relationships... Is that in dynamics of relationships? Whatever the correct one do is. The, do the dynamics of relationship. Do they? Be the dynamics of relationships. Be them as they may. Yes. Is that something that both of you are into? Oh, are we are we in fact natively into relational relationship yes. dynamics? You know, Natasha, I think, is much more interested in the the relationship counseling part of it. Mm-hmm. And I I uh, am was always much more to my I would say I I was doing it wrong and she was doing it right. I would just be like joke 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 let's go and not creating at the beginning not creating a narrative of their relationship right and natasha was much more into like no no no, let's have them stick around until uh we find a solution for the two of them let's have the because that's that's how it would go but i mean like in your life is that something that you've been found yourself interested in like how really how to make relationships work and that kind of stuff the tr- for me the answer is no i'm okay. more interested and in, i'm a very in- shallow person <laughs> I'm interested in laugh points, that. laugh point, laugh point, goodbye. And she, like I, like she, I think really is. I think yeah. she's really into the dynamics of. I, I love people. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I'm interested in the d- diversity of people. Like I, I, I like talking to people, and she, I think, likes helping people. And I think that's sort of the balance of of the special and of of the show. Right. How did you guys meet? Tasha and I. Mm-hmm. Th- th- just straight up through comedy. She was she was dating people, and I was busy being enjoying the perks of the of the road when we first met so i knew her for years before we even considered becoming romantic mm-hmm. but then she was single and then one day i had a, a a dream about her that she was like vaguely in but you know that like anytime a, a person is like oh, i had a dream about you they're like i'm trying to smash that's what they're <laughs> there's no you know then no one's really trying to share their dream they're, mm-hmm. they're saying i this is a romantic or sexual overture depending on how you take it right uh and i because i remember that i had a dream about her and then i had a dream about Whoopi goldberg mm. in the same night 
and I con- I like mashed the dreams together because uh-huh. I didn't want to be too bold and say I had a dream about you. Right. So I was like, you know, I had a dream. Whoopi was there. Uh, you know, Cla- Whoopi was there doing her thing. You know, the View, the Guinan, and um, and Guinan, uh, and and then her response was, "Come over. You want to come over tonight? Really? And smoke cigarettes? That's what she said. This is back when she- we smoked cigarettes. Sure. Back when that was before we knew. No, I want." I wasn't saying really to the cigarettes as much as really to the you want to come over. But I guess you guys were friends, so. Well, no, she I mean, she will deny. I wish she was here. She was supposed to be here today, right. but she got she's on a, she's on a, uh, acting on something, so she can't confirm or deny any of this. Can you I say think, what she's acting on? Yeah, alone together. I think oh, I cool. can say that. I, yes. I don't know. I get. Why you, would well, you, you not, just did. Yeah, I did, and you know what? Actually, she's acting in a great clips commercial. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's airing during alone together it's a no it's actually airing now it's a live great clips commercial wow you know how they're doing those um live commercials like live jesus christ superstar yeah. and the, mm-hmm. they're doing live commercials that's a new direction it. they're going wow <laughs> um she I, th- she I think was just trying to she was just trying to hit it mm. she was just trying to like she was had been in a relationship and wasn't really interested and uh and i wasn't interested in that because I'm, I never wanted to. You didn't want to be objectified. Yeah. Well, I just don't. I felt in a way like, and it's actually hard for me to talk about this, but um, I've been, I've been used by a lot of women, you know, in the past. And so <laughs> I didn't want to go there. No, I just <laughs> felt like if you're going to have casual sex, you don't have casual sex in your, in your uh, peer pool. It doesn't make sense. Like, don't, why would you do that? Why would you sacrifice a, a, a friendship just so you can have a night? with someone that never made sense to me i'm gonna make a gendered statement that is so smart and i feel like i in my life i've seen men make that kind of like that kind of calculation whereas i feel like i feel wrong talking for all women so i'll say for me it was always so much harder like yes for me and the gals (laughs) for the gals and i it was much more difficult to even though you know like don't hook up with this guy that you work with uh, I'm talking about a long time ago for anyone who's like tried to figure out now who I'm talking about. Um, and it was a real, <laughs> it was a real, <laughs> Jeff is sweating. It was a real relationship, by the way. You know what? I don't know who I'm even defending myself against. Um, you and all the gals dated this guy? Yeah, yeah. we all wow. did. All and women? we all were in love with him. Um, it's just harder. It's weird. It's like I, I've never, I've always admired. Uh, uh, someone's ability to be like this seems like it could be a bad idea down the road so i'm going to avoid it because i just can't do it well i would say it isn't it's not really because like i had some sort of noble understanding i had an understanding of how ignoble i was it mm. was like i'd been th- with so many people who i who after sex got involved i was like oh i don't actually think this is i don't want to uh-huh. have the and that i didn't want to have with somebody that i'd been friends with or that was in my community that's the worst feelings when you you sexualize something and then the moment after i, I did a bit about it in my first special it's, it's it's pretty pretty brilliant not brilliant it's pretty gross but i mean i like it but it's gross it's like there i think the line is if i can remember there's no moment in a man's life there's no moment in a man's life was more in touch with his physiology and sexuality, uh, physiology and psychology in the moment after orgasm. It's like, you know, why did I, didn't I go to graduate school? Comedy is a terrible <laughs> idea. But the idea was that the moment after you have an orgasm, there are certain times you look over at your lover and you just want to like 
push them <laughs> off of the bed, not to hurt them, but just to make them go away. Right. You wanted them to fall into like a portal at the bottom <laughs> of the bed and just like appear in their back in their apartment and you're alone and nothing <laughs> happened. Right. And the worst feeling is when you have that feeling and you realize, oh no, mm-hmm. this person's like in my world. And I, and I respect them. Yeah. So I, something physiologically or psycho, psycho, psychologically has made me have this feeling of like, I'm totally finished here. Mm-hmm. And yet there's another level in which I'm like, oh, you're my peer. And right. you're, I respect you. And I, so I didn't want that from her. And I, it's not like I was like, I want to marry her. I very much did not. No, I just I had no idea. I, I'd mm-hmm. never been in a relationship. Really? Yeah, no, never. So you just hooked up? I had just had, I had had... Uh, a lot of casual things uh, 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 to the degree that I was starting to think I was like it was a pathology mm-hmm. <laughs> great clips and <laughs> um, and I had had like some flare ups of um, of like extreme emotionality you mm-hmm. know like where you're like obsessed that kind of like the right. drug the drug kind of when the person rejected you or during the honeymoon phase interesting question i can an- i can answer both there was there was what i was talking about was that kind of like butterfly obsession mm. honeymoon phase thing mm-hmm. but i will say that like when i would connect with a person um i would be dating if it wasn't purely casual the only time that i wouldn't have i used to call it the I, the shutdown like there was like a electrical electric chair switch mm-hmm. where i'd be with a woman and i would be into her it would actually be, I would feel physically into her, but I, I, I and I mean that, by that I mean what I th- used to think was love, which was a butterf- a drug feeling of right. butterflies of like, I like her, I like her, I like her. And then anytime something would go wrong, or even sometimes when it wouldn't, the switch would flip and I would go, oh, this is actually, not only do I not like her, I'm like, it's over forever right now. Like immediate- repulsed. I mean, just done. Yeah. No re- not no, repulsed, just done. No psychological understanding of why mm-hmm. that had happened. It was just like, it's completely over. Goodbye forever. And it is over. Mm. So that was my relationship. Basically, my relationship track record mm-hmm. it was just like being out of control of even the uh, the concept of why I was doing the things I was doing. Do you have a sense now of why you were? I have a sense of what was going on there. I read this book. Have you ever read... Um, the road, the road less traveled by M. Scott Peck. No, but I've heard of it. Yeah, I, I, I have read every book, and um, and in my search for still greater humility, mm-hmm. I was able to actually read all of the books. Wow. No, that book, I, I have, I've rarely read a self help book that I liked mm-hmm. or that did anything for me. It, that book kind of rocked my world, and he described like what you're looking for. Oh, I never finished my my point about you asked me about people running away from me the only time i wouldn't have the switch happen with a person before i started trying to figure out my pathology is when a woman would reject me first interesting because then there was no risk she'd already rejected me so then i was able to go and you're free to oh i love i i want her i would come back no where are you going because she had flipped the switch for Mm me this is all stuff that i wasn't even aware was going on but i do remember going a number of times like Wait, why is there a woman? I would think about like an ex. I go, here's X, 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 you know. <laughs> She's awesome, like into me, wants me, is supportive and cool and awesome and kind. And then there's this person who is cruel, mm-hmm. awful, rejecting me, and I'm walking toward right. that person. What's, you know, there are these moments in your dating life when you go, like, ah, there's something, there is a pathology, and I'm incapable of figuring out what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that M. Scott Peck thing described when people are chasing love 
he describes it as a lust. But I don't really, I don't think it fits what we think of as lust now. Mm-hmm. He, he means that feeling. Right. There's a book called Love and Limerence. That book kind of rocked my world. Um, and they just, limerence is the term that they use for, I th- imagine what you're talking about, which is that like, that thing where all of a sudden you have so much energy in the world. Yeah. Like you'd, I was actually just talking about this recently. Like, oh, I have a crush on you and you're playing in a band in San Luis Obispo. I have no problem. Yeah. I'm looking and I'm, and I'm like on cloud nine the entire drive. I, I, I love the greater coastal area. I mean, it's not quite, it's somewhat coastal and it's somewhat central. I've always loved San Luis so Obispo. So much is Fresno. Yeah. But, um, totally. yeah, like that feeling of just sort of being in love with love. And it's a kind of, I, I've always thought of it as a kind of insanity, you know, mm-hmm. because you're, you know, you ever talk to somebody who's in that kind of love and they're talking, they're reporting back about, their experience with their person as if it's inter- universally interesting and if you're the person <laughs> who's not in the thing right. you're just like oh none of this is fascinating yeah. at all oh, that funny you, thing they said wasn't that funny did you hear what he said it's like yeah i heard it i, I, I hang out with comedians <laughs> they're all interesting so um yeah i think that's exactly right whatever limerence is and, and scott peck this is written in i think the 50s so he describes it as lust right and, right? and we think of lust as horniness now mm-hmm. but i think he meant that which is that kind of like you know whatever that chemical feeling is that happens in the first two to three months two two years i guess of a relationship is what most people are after when they're after love and that goes away always mm-hmm. it can't not go away and he says that like he said that that lo- real love is what's left over essentially when that goes away or what was there the whole time he describes it again this is the 50s as being concerned with the spiritual well-being of mm. your partner above all else that's what real love is and i mean and and that love always is is about like courage and sacrifice and making taking a risk and I, I realized when I read that I'd never taken a risk ever in my life up until that point. It was always I would go after a woman until I got scared and then the, the switch would flip, mm-hmm. and which is the opposite of taking a risk. That's The risk is when you go, I'm hey, uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm going to push through. Yes. Yeah. Or even I'm going li- to admit to you, like, I'm feeling terrified and I don't think I can do this. Why is that? I never did that. The moment I got up to the fear part, I was like, the moment the limerence started, stopped limering, I was, <laughs> I was gone. And uh, then I did some... Pro- it's not like Natasha was the only person I... I, I realized that was happening before Natasha. Mm-hmm. And I'd been kind of, you know, trudging through the swamp of my emotional bog. <laughs> and then I met... Then Natasha and I sort of connected at a good time for me. And I was able to say, oh, this person, it doesn't annoy me. And there's no... And so far, no switch has been flipped. Mm-hmm. So have you been... Have there been challenges at all where you felt like, uh oh, I feel like the old habit, like your old patterns are coming back? I will say that she's so great. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't anticipate um, this particular emotional praise of my wife, but she's so great <laughs> that I never. And I think honestly, and this is going to sound kind of shallow, but it's so important to me. Like, she's so fine. No, that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> um, she's so not annoying to me that like only a person who's and also so independent and so successful and so doing her own thing mm-hmm. that only a person like that could have like break broken through i did do a lot of processing and a lot of therapy and uh, stuff like that that kind of prepared me for a relationship mm-hmm. but also only a person with her own sort of 
power and agency i mean everybody has power and agency but the degree to which she does where she's out doing her own thing she's she's more successful than me which i which i'm i love you know and i started crying <laughs> which I, I actually i mean as a man i'm actually into that no but she's just never annoyed me i mean the small annoyances that a partner has i've had that but i mean you know that feeling where you're with someone and you're just like shut the fuck up just <laughs> yeah. fuck off forever i've never had that with mm-hmm. her and I think that really was like gigantic for me. Right. I needed somebody like that. Were there certain, was there um, a sameness to the kinds of things that would annoy you? About her? or No, oh, about in the past about just other people. To be fair to, um, to everyone that I dated, like everybody is, it wasn't really about them. It was about, you know, my mom, you know, who I, you know, used to hook up with from time to time and <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was, but uh, it was about my, you know, the, the the suffocation, suffocating nature of my mom. I'm sure, right? I mean, it right. has to be. It sucks when your tra- when your psychology is like so cliche. You know? <laughs> right? You ever had that where you're yeah. just like, oh, it, oh, it is my mom. Yeah. Uh, it just all. Oh no, every mom. everything for me is my parents too. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, I I don't remember specifically. I guess I just remember not feeling that like cringe mm-hmm. with Natasha. And, um, and that sounds so not romantic, but I was at a point in my life where like, it wasn't really about romance. It was about like, uh, practicality. It was Mm -hmm. like, you know, it wasn't going to be, you know, a a perfect bachelor-esque story of, you know, how romantic the bachelor is. Oh yeah. Um, That's my, my idea of romance was defined by the bachelor. I need a helicopter and a horse. That show is so, how is it even legal? (laughs) I know. It's I know. so sexist. In a, I mean, the only saving grace of The Bachelor is that there's a show called The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. But this whole show, it's just so funny. They're just like, I worship him. I worship his maleness. There's something about him being a man that I just need. It's so funny to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Natasha and my relationship, to me anyway, was never about like, you know, a, a Prince Charming like fairy tale. It was much more about like, oh, this is great. I feel comfortable here. I don't, you know. I remember having, I think it was Michael Showalter on the show. I mean, I know it was Michael Showalter. I hope I'm not uh, misquoting him. But he was talking about falling in love with his wife. And he said that he could sleep. They could sleep next to each other. Like, or they could, in the beginning of the relationship, they could sleep. And, and what I took, I think what he meant was it wasn't that like, oh my God, we have to stay up all night and talk all night, every single night and let the rest of our lives go to hell. It's like they could, they were so comfortable with each other that they could continue their regular lives in, you know, but in harmony with each other. And I totally know what he means. Like, I think as you get older, this is, I was, something you said made me think of this and it was just, oh, that maybe it's not, it, it sounds less romantic. The idea of like, she didn't annoy me, but, but you do become more pragmatic about it. Well, I- and, 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 it, I, and it still is feels like love. Oh, and it is love. It's yeah. a deeper. It, it is. Lo- I mean, the no annoyance is just a. It's a kind of a, a skin on top of what I'm talking about right. for our our relationship. But yeah, I mean, the what isn't the funny part is what it, to me isn't love is the the l- limerence if, limerence or lust is like because that's not about the other person really. They're exactly. just like pushing a that's button a in you. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. You know, that's it's in the exact I was just talking about this yesterday in the exact same way that taking ecstasy isn't happiness. Hmm. Although you're on ecstasy and you're feeling uh, definitely feeling happiness and you're definitely feeling levels of of 
ex of literally i mean they call it ecstasy because it feels good i don't mm-hmm. know if people know that but that's actually why they chose oh, to yeah, i yeah, thought yeah, maybe yeah. it had to do with who invented it no, yeah jo- thomas ecstasy <laughs> one of the great inventors of our time he invented the um the light bulb mm-hmm. uh, right the, the uh, ecstasy light bulb yeah. and the horse-drawn carriage and mdma but <laughs> but that's not even though and i'm not saying people's drug experiences aren't profound because mm-hmm. they are they're very profound and they can real really be breakthroughs to real happiness they can but they aren't uh happiness you know you taking ecstasy doesn't mean you're happy or people that came off of ecstasy wouldn't be all fucked up and sometimes they are sometimes they come off the drug and they go oh i'm actually a broken person i forgot that has nothing to do with the drug that has to do my point is ecstasy is not happiness in the same way that lust isn't or limerence isn't love sometimes it can be really nice because it connects to the person Mm -hmm. that loves and it allows this sort of like grace period for you to get in there and stay there but it's not love because we've all had the experience of having that like obsession obsessive feeling and then one day the glamour and illusion of of that goes away and you're like oh my god you are a fucking asshole i (laughs) how did i miss that this Mm -hmm. whole time you're such a dick um and like in my in my life i had two relational dynamics i had my mother and again, again, everything's my mother, mm-hmm. my mother and my father and my mother and my stepfather. These are like the main relational dynamics that were, that were modeled to me. Um, and uh, my mother, and my father, my, my mom mar- uh, met him at a event, at, like a deaf. They're both deaf. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. My parents I are, do know. Everybody's deaf in my family. Yeah. They're, all, they're all deaf. And so you they, were a, you were an interpreter, right? I or was an interpreter for a long time. Yeah. I was an interpreter for 15 years before wow. I became a full-time comic. But my mom and my dad met at some deaf event, and they ran off together. They got married was immediately. Was it like the World Sports Championship or something? It, like, According to w- Wikipedia page, it was something where I was like, I didn't know that existed, and I'm very fascinated. It was some deaf ev- sport event. Yeah. I don't know. I might have like called it a thing. I don't know what oh, it was t- yeah. truly called, Like, but it was a deaf like sporting gathering, mm-hmm. and they met you know they saw each other they locked hands or whatever from across a, uh, I don't know why they can lock eyes they're deaf they're not yeah. blind okay anyway <laughs> uh, that would happen by the way sometimes we would check in hotels or whatever and the woman behind the counter would pass us a braille instruction but my mom would be like I'm deaf and she <laughs> right. would like pass us a braille instruction <laughs> and be like yeah cool I'm not blind uh, but you're dumb <laughs> um, so they met they were instantly got married right my mom ran off to New York uh, they were together for fi- for was 13 she, young? she was young mm-hmm. yeah uh 13 year she wasn't that young i guess you know she was probably in her mid 20s uh, 25 26 and they were together for a long time and it was it ended it was it started immediately it was spectacular it was intense it was abusive mm. it ended what they kind ne- of abuse i think i don't know okay. i think she says certainly emotional possibly physical i don't really know but the point is it was like it wasn't healthy it was sid and nancy it was right. not literally because there was i don't think there was that many drugs but there was it 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 burned hot white hot it ended they never talked again they hated each other my entire childhood they fucking uh. were you know full-on enemies but the great love had happened and mm. you know my aunt tells a story like you know seven years in my dad would come home and my and the the she would tell my mom that the door had shut because she couldn't hear it and my mom would like perk up like a you know like your dog when you come home and and, you know so that was the kind of love that uh like obsession obsession yeah and and unhealthy and ends spectacularly and Mm -hmm. is awful in the end and then my stepfather with my mom is um my mom always tells the story 
in front of him in a greatly emasculating way that when she first met him she wasn't attracted to him at all he was a nerd she didn't you know she wasn't interested and then over time you know they were really close friends and over time she started to realize like oh he's this great guy and you know and they had and then slowly she started to like come alive to him as a romantic possibility and then now they've been together for you know decades and they you know have this sweet and abiding healthy love that has its problems but it never was it never was lim- limerence mm-hmm. per se right it was slow the slow reveal of of love rather than the the explosive you know illusion of that of that lust right. or whatever and so which one is real which one's better i mean they're both present but mm-hmm. which one do i want yeah interesting so you had two models of how to be a man or how to find love as a man yeah mm-hmm. and i'm not i mean natasha's like you know, most beautiful woman in the world and you know i'm like super lucky to be with her i'm not saying i never had a i definitely always had a huge crush on her but it just it felt more healthy almost from day one it felt more like oh this is healthy and breathable and there's oxygen there as opposed to this like breathless like, right right like insane pursuit dopamine tap yes um you know what else is healthy this is an awkward segue oh i love it can i guess is uh, it is it it's not what you think it is. It's okay. something else. Okay. Um, but it might, yeah. I mean, it could be what you think. What do you think it is? Secret. Yes! <laughs> I had a feeling. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is supported in part by Secret. Now there's an active deodorant, especially for ladies. It's called Secret Active. It's activated by activity. So it's designed to work hard when you're on the move and need it most. That might be at the gym, but it could also be any time when you're running around keeping up with your busy schedule. It's designed with long-lasting scent, which provides constant reassurance that it's working. Secret Active uses sweat-activated technology. It has odor-neutralizing molecules to trap odor, lock it away, and then replace it with a great, fresh fragrance. It works all day long because there are much better uses of your time than reapplying deodorant every time your heart rate goes up. Like when you, when you're falling in love. That's right. Moshe. I would always put on deodorant. If you're active, you need to get secret active. Okay, let's talk about this baby that you have who's Got now six baby. weeks old. Uh, yeah. And I know from uh, your special that you guys did IVF. Or, you, or you, well, you had medical intervention. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, I had. Um, I also. That's also how I have my son. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. interesting. My medical intervention, but you don't know. I fucked a nurse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's different. Yeah. Okay. So you had like a real intervention. It was yeah. di- direct intervention. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we did. Or did what, you do IUI? What was the thing in the end? We tried the thing where um, she would get the. They would try to create eggs in her. Clomid. Or letrozole. I don't know. The yeah, thing, the, the fertility the, pill. That process. Was she injecting herself? Yes. Okay, so that would be an egg retrieval in preparation for IVF? Right, so that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, uh, it was very funny because it's very expensive. Yes. And I was like, you know, uh, Natasha merely converted to Judaism. I've been here this whole time. <laughs> so I was having a lot of anxiety around the cost. And I remember the doctor sat down and because she had frozen eggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like from before from you? From before me. That's right? so smart. I wish I had done that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Right. In the end, it doesn't matter because you've got, you know, right. this great family. Right. And- but when I was going through and having difficulty yeah. getting eggs, I was like, oh, man, why didn't I do this when I was younger? Well, exactly. So I'm going, I'm saying to Natasha this whole time, I'm going like, well, why don't we just use the eggs? I mean, yeah. there's eggs sitting in in this, freezer. In this deep freeze. Uh, 
and why don't we just use those eggs? So the doctor, and I don't, it felt like I was getting hustled, but the doctor sits uh. us down and goes, but it worked, it worked for you. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't, cause I didn't have it. Yeah, but I did. Are you sitting down? I know you are. I did 10 egg retrievals. What? Over the course of a what? long time. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so, I, you can't see me right now, but I am drenched in sweat. You need right secret now. active. I, I do. <laughs> I need to reapply secret active. Yeah. I did it. I was coming here, so I knew I had to put it on. <laughs> right. But man. Uh, okay. So he sits me down. I remember it was so funny. He goes, I'm like, why don't we just use the eggs? And he's like, look, the eggs, think of the eggs the frozen eggs as your savings account, right? Think of that as like a savings account, but th- you don't want to deplete your savings account. You want to go and go into your checking account with this. Uh, uh, and I'm like, can you, you don't have a better metaphor than a <laughs> right. money bank based, my save. Like, yeah, like this, this literally is going into your savings. <laughs> account. Exactly right. Like if you're the doctor and you're trying to like upsell me, right. don't use the money metaphor, <laughs> yeah. especially the savings. So think about that. Think about this as $10,000. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> but what's a good metaphor? Like think about this process as depleting your possibilities <laughs> economically for right. the rest of your life. Well, that is how I'm thinking about it. Right. But think about it like that. Okay. I, am so uh we did that so that's why he that's why you guys tried again so that you wouldn't use up the those other eggs basically the idea was and it's so crazy as you know it's such a crazy thing the way that the the way that the the woman's the woman has to interact with it is really like okay so you're like a you're like a diminishing gem your value is <laughs> right. rapidly mm-hmm. rap- you're you're diamond now but soon you're going to be quartz right um and they kind of talk to you like that so that was the idea it was like those eggs are like those are good mm-hmm. that's a good area they're from when she was fecund yes exactly <laughs> and you like if you do that now you're going to be wasting her final possible years mm. of g- good yeah egginess or whatever right anyway so uh, how many rounds did you do before you decided to deplete your account? I don't remember. Maybe two. I think two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was just like it didn't work. And we were just like kind of going. Like you couldn't get it. You weren't getting eggs or they weren't fertilizing. I think. They, this specificity is interesting to me and like s- all my listeners who've gone through it and not to other people. But I am so curious. It's also just so brutal what happens literally physically to women. Like it's so crazy. Um like just watching her have to like sh- I was the I would have I eventually took over like butt injection duty. Yes. I mean by that I mean anal sex. <laughs> right. And because uh, I was like tired of you know not doing mm-hmm. that. You know she's all hum- hormonal and stuff, and I'm like I'm trying to get that butt. Right. You know? No, I'm kidding, <laughs> listeners. No, but the thing where you like spread the skin and then inject. Right. I was like, let me do it. Maybe mm-hmm. I can do it fast. I mean, I just she it was so brutal. You had to do that, I imagine. Oh uh, yeah. A bunch it's, of times. It's so brutal. Mm. It's it I I just felt so bad for her. She was always bruised. She spent like a year with a bruised butt. How, how did it affect <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. How did it affect her emotionally? I mean, I don't wanna I don't know. I wish she was here because I feel bad kinda but bad. I mean, you know, it's like you're you're it's so intense because it's like you're failing in your like job as a as woman. A woman yeah. I'm doing quotation marks everybody so i don't really think it's your job mm-hmm. as a woman but you're failing in your job as a woman you're shot filled with hormones you're sh- you're in physical pain because you're injecting mm-hmm. stuff into your butt every night it's like um it's intense and it di- and it also didn't work for us so yeah. and so then it's disheartening 
Exactly. And expensive. And primarily expensive. I'm like, I don't care about this family. I care about my, our money. <laughs> um, so we went through that for a while. And then we were, um, we were starting to think about like uh, surrogates. Because she mm-hmm. started to think, well, maybe I'm just not going to be able to do it. or I, I don't even know. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Right. Uh, have you, do you ever look at that? No, because I, I mentioned it to my doctor at one point and he said, you know, what makes you think that the problem is your uterus? Mm-hmm. Which is his way of saying that we don't believe the problem is your uterus. The problem is your eggs. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. But that is like $100,000 or something insane. Also, you're just like plucking. It's so interesting. I'm glad we did it. We looked at it because it's a world I never would have really understood. It's like you're also plucking some person who lives in Fresno, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into your life for a, it's really interesting I mean, and it's kind of beautiful but there, you know there's a lot of talk about the moral problems of surrogacy it's kind of interesting not that if you're i'm, I'm not saying that it is immoral but i just mm-hmm. i got into it and i started reading about that basically what happens is about surrogacy uh, is that then it becomes rich people with fertility issues can have children mm-hmm. but poor people with fertility issues can't because it's not like it's covered by healthcare right, right so it's just like if you're rich and it, you oh, know, like it's exploitative or in this weird way it's not even the exploitation it's handmaid's it's, tale yes it's more like that it's like yeah if you can afford it then you can subvert uh the the birth the birthing process but if you can't then you don't get to have a child right mm-hmm. i don't know whatever i i think it's a beautiful thing if you can if you nice work if you can get it um so it just didn't work though and um so we finally we went into the into the savings account and uh she had four eggs, and um, sh- they thawed them, or eight eggs. That's mm-hmm. what it was. She had eight eggs, and they thawed them, and four remained. Oh, four didn't make it through four, the thawing four, process? Four unthawed, and were like, ah, go on without me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, save, save Private Ryan. <laughs> and then t- then they fer- they fertilized the two, which, by the way, uh, the, f- the process as a man is, like, very hilarious. It's a lot of the special, by the way, mm-hmm. of my spe- stand-up special is about the fertility process as a man. Just, I related to it from hearing my husband talk about it. Just oh, yeah. Like all the jerking off in a cup it is and so all the weird funny. porn. And <laughs> it's just so funny, like, how you walk into a clinic and they're, like, trying to pretend that it's... A lot of the stand-ups about this. They're trying to pretend you're, like, this is a very medical... You're here for your medical appointment? But it's like, no, I'm not here for my medical appointment. I'm here to jerk off. I am going to go into another room because I'm so horny for a family. I'm going to watch the porn that you've provided. <laughs> it's all under this like sheen of like medicine and like the beauty of fertility. But it's like, you know, the baby picture with the baby on the on the dad's arm, the naked baby on the mm-hmm. dad's arm. Those pictures go away immediately when you go into like the man wing of the fertility right. clinic. And then it's like hilariously like not sexy, sexy photos of like, you know, um, Robert, is his name Robert Paul? Palmer, you know what's oh, the, the, the the Robert pa- the Palmer girls? Yeah, the Palmer girls, yeah. like sexy, like nineteen eighties erotic photos. That's so and- funny. I've never been in the man wing. Why would but you? Right, because there's em- at the clinic the there's embryology and then there's andrology it must be andrology where it's just robert palmer women it's so funny and then they sit you in there and you're just like i mean you you also like you would be kind of like excited because you had to save up a a fatty right you know they would be like don't (laughs) don't don't jerk off for seven days so you'd be like you simultaneously be like this is so awkward that i'm here to do this and also just like i am so down to do this i want to make this moment last you know Mm. uh and the porn is hilariously bad and uh 
and in the in the special oh you saw the special yeah yeah in the special like oh i talk about this moment where i went in and it was all all gay porn and it really was it was not that's not uh, embellished for the bit it was like truly like an inordinate amount of gay porn to the degree where i was sitting in there i was going why what am i lear-? it wasn't a gay clinic so i was going like what am i really learning about men like right. are are they secretly like is this what men really want is this what all men really want they're just like and the doctor knows just like we just got to get them in and out so give them the gay porn that's what guys love they love the gay porn it'll get them to give the specimen quicker um so anyway watch the special because the it's a I, i'm not doing it justice but it's a 10 minute or more tale of like the insane uh, uh realities of having to jerk off in a medical clinic um, my husband, I can't. I wish I could remember the terminology, but it was like he came in and he said something, uh, like "I'm here to make a delivery" or something <laughs> like that. Sounds like a drug dealer. Yeah, or like whatever he said was what he thought. It was like coded, but he thought he was communicating. And she's like, "Okay, well, well where is it?" He's like, "No, I'm here to make it." And she's like, "Well, who's it?" For? Like she thought oh, he was really funny. delivering a package or something. Oh, that's like when you go to the doctor when you're younger and you think you have like an STD scare yeah, and you're a young man so you don't want to be like you're not old enough or when you're trying to buy condoms too that's the other thing you never <laughs> want to just be like I, I'm worried I have an STD or I want to buy condoms you're always going like um I remember one time when I was young I, I was in the, I could say to the nurse um so my friend uh spent the night in in, the, in my in my room and I the the <laughs> And the nurse is just like, what's up? You got scabies? You know, it's just like they're, they're medical yeah. professionals. And you're like, so it's a possibility that there was a person that did sleep in an area. And it's like, they don't give a shit. Right? right. That's the same thing. You know, like, I'm here to. Oh, yeah. He might have said, like, I'm here to, to uh, make a drop off. Father delivery. Fa- father. Uh, pre-father. <laughs> but post. Uh, uh, sex. Uh, uh, I'm about to bust a nut in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all of this makes me want to exercise I told you <laughs> oh, the good. segues are going to be awkward <laughs> I want to talk to you guys about Beachbody On Demand uh, you might be familiar with Beachbody it's the company behind P90X Insanity uh, 21 Day Fix back in the old days if you wanted to do one of these exercise programs and I've only mentioned a few you had to tote around all these DVDs and a DVD player well no more now it's a streaming service uh, hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio to yoga even dance works workouts even there's a nutrition program as well um join over 1 million people currently on beach body on demand and listeners of allison rosen is your new best friend can try it absolutely free uh it's so great if you're someone who let's just say you don't have time to get to the gym or you don't want to have to drive to the gym or if you travel for work it's great you can do it from any uh of your streaming device it's right there when i was pregnant i did active maternity with autumn calabrese they have uh, different programs based on what trimester you're in and i thought i I work out this will be easy it's not easy i wanted to drop dead of exhaustion but also of fitness like 10 minutes in and it's longer than 10 minutes and i hope it's clear i'm not disparaging it i'm just saying like it's a really really good workout i really want you to try this service because it'll change the way you work out right now my listeners can get a special free trial membership when you text allison to 30 30 30 You'll get full access to this entire platform for free. All the workouts, the nutrition information and support, totally free. Again, just text Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, to 303030. All right. We talked so much about all the other stuff that I didn't even get to dig in very much to. How is it having a baby for you? Oh, the baby. Um, Great. 
Oh, wait, I want to tell you the end of the t- of the egg tale. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a please. good end. Uh, so we thawed the eight down to four, fertilized the four down to two. This is after round after round of the IVF, which didn't mm-hmm. work. Right. We're so two were growing. Two eggs were oh. fertilized and alive. Okay. We're down to two, and my savings account is depleted. depleted yeah. We put one in, fail. Cracked egg, whatever, uh, whatever it is, omelet. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one left, and we were starting to go like, okay, well, maybe this just like isn't going to work. Right. Um, and the truth is, like, Tosh and I aren't, I don't know how to describe it. We're not, it's not, we're not reluctant. We're just, we're not natural parents. We, mm-hmm. but we wanted to have a family. But we also were going like, well, we were getting to this point where we're going like, maybe we should start talking about like, doing something else some you know like tra- adoption traveling oh. no yeah adoption or traveling or <laughs> having a, lots of dogs That's whatever it is we were just yeah. starting to go like okay maybe this just isn't going to happen and then the last egg is our little our little egg uh and and Your little girl so, so it's like kind of a yeah it's kind of a i don't want to say it's not a miracle because it's scientific but mm-hmm. it was kind of like the last shot and uh and, and now she's asleep in in a crib not being watched by anybody uh, at my place yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're not protecting your investment <laughs> yeah that's exactly right um so that's pretty cool I that's mean, that, cool yeah. that it, we were down to the last thing I, I just didn't think i don't think we had any other option i don't think we could have gone back to ivf and so now we have a little family so how is it for you um it's it's cool she's six weeks old so there's it, it's definitely still um uh i'm still so, i it's like a crazy process of watching a little like organism turn into a human you mm-hmm. know it's i it really feels like watching a computer come online yeah uh, does that totally. resonate with you yeah 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 it really well, feel- yeah because it's just i would and and this is even when my son was older than your daughter is he would be on the bed and my dog would be on the bed and i would just be like Oh, the dog, my dog is more advanced than he is right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I had that same exact thought. Yeah. The dog is more advanced, but it's not going anywhere. It's right. Not, it's not going to progress. Yeah. <laughs> this is dog is dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually often th- think of that with a baby because I, I cared for my grandmother and my, my and my father when he passed away, but mostly I really cared for my grandmother mm-hmm. when she was passing away. Like she was in bed, and I had to like do gross stuff and you know, like cleaner, like sleep with her, like uh. have sex with her and stuff. No, like cleaner and stuff, and like you know, just and not even gross stuff, just like the process of like lifting her up. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I, it was that was a truly terrible. Awful, yeah. It was it's awful, and it's interestingly analogous to raising a baby because mm-hmm. it's like it's the same thing, except the returns are so opposite you know it's like baby is a baby's getting like more independent every moment and more cap- even though it feels like it'll never this will never end and i'm only <laughs> six weeks in yeah uh it you can tell like okay but even within this she's a little more independent like she a little bit like when she sees a a pattern and and starts locking on it it's like oh that's a moment of independence mm-hmm. or when she when they take a bottle i'm assuming she's not there yet but right when they take their own bottle and feed themselves like oh that's a moment and with a with a with a grandparent or a sick person it's the opposite it's they like just every, getting more and more dependent yeah every moment is a less and a less mm. and a less until they are gone yeah. and with a baby it's like every moment is a more and a more and a more until they're here and which right. is so that's what's cool right now is like watching her like arrive the arrival is so slow uh it's like the arrival in fact you know <laughs> is she so six weeks she's smiling 
She's now? yeah. She just just is starting to smile. Yeah, and she's verbal too. She's speaking. She's doing. Uh, she actually Japanese. Is, not Japanese. She's doing Carlin. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's doing old Carlin. Like not well, uh-huh. but I mean, she's six weeks old, so yeah. she recites them by memory. <laughs> I don't know where the memory comes from. Right. Right. Yeah. That's impressive. But yeah, she's smiling and she's. Uh, what else is she doing? She's like locking eyes on mm-hmm. on stuff and and uh, it's cool. It's definitely a. Uh, a process of i you know i just neither like i said neither natasha and i are like our naturals like neither of us dreamt of this moment all of our lives and so it's kind of that's a lot what the special is about Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things that makes our take on starting family so unique is like we're both like ambivalent parent expectant parents and she's pregnant in in the special Mm -hmm. so it's like we're both going like god uh, we're scared, but we put all this time and effort into it, and and, and uh, God, I hope this is going to be worth it. And then now we know her, and it is. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt too. And and I talked about my struggle to get pregnant and IVF on my podcast, so I dragged my list. I made my listeners come along on the journey with me. So I feel weird about the fact that I felt ambivalent too, because it's like you'd think of all people, right. I would be a hundred percent absolutely sure this is what I want to do, given that I've spent all this time, money, podcast talking about it. But I did. I was in conflict about it. Yeah, I think that's that doesn't isn't surprising. Well, it's certainly not surprising to me because I have. It's my experience with my fam, with my mm-hmm. wife. Like she was simultaneously like, I don't know if I want to do this, as she's jabbing the right. the thing into her butt. Yeah, uh, and I think that's like you know, I mean, I've neatly avoided all parental judgment so far uh, from that. Like I've all, I've heard like, oh, be careful, here comes people's like, you know, they're gonna start telling you this and telling yeah. you that. I haven't noticed. I haven't any- found it that much. Me neither. But yeah, it's a weird thing where you're like, I'm afraid of this not working, and I'm afraid of this working. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, you know, you just don't know. Like, I I love independence and freedom, and like, I have now. I have. St- we realized this last night, or we did Doug Benson's podcast together because mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of press together to try to to promote the special, and we were at Doug's. Uh, Doug loves uh, movies. Doug loves movies together and natasha turned to me and she goes i just realized we're never going to be able to do this again without making sure there's someone at home like forever yeah we can never just like go bop out and do a show and i was like i looked at her and i took her hands and i said i can (laughs) i can do this whenever i want so see you later yeah (laughs) um are you guys able to sleep uh i've been sleeping and she's been sleeping you know i think i Back to like the troglodyte idea of gender. I just think she is having a harder time w- with it than me. I think women just have a harder time with it, with the the non sleep. Not because women can deal with sleep deprivation less. I, first of all, when when our baby cries, I don't feel um, anything. I don't feel any. Actually, no. I feel an un deep violent anger. <laughs> no, it's the opposite of not. No, I don't feel that feeling of. Um, it's not that I don't feel badly. I just, to, for me, I'm like, oh, this baby is crying because babies cry and it ne- like she needs a need met. I don't feel like a, a guttural like, oh, I'm, oh my. It feels th-. like a catastrophe. Yes. And I do think, I'm, I know some fathers feel this way too. I, it's not my experience of her. I really think that it is like in your, in a woman's DNA, mm-hmm. in her biology, in her, I think that that's scientifically true. As yeah, well. that makes sense. Hormonally, you're supposed to be yeah. going, oh, my baby. And I just don't, I don't have that like, 
I I I go care for her because mm-hmm. I and I and I feel badly that right, she, but it doesn't like plunge you into some other depth of emotion, right? And not only that, it's like breastfeeding. You're like you're literally depleted. You're yeah. literally physically being like having your energy literally suck, and then the baby cries all night, and then you it's like it's a doubling and a tripling and a quadrupling for a woman. And as, so I I do think men have it easier when it comes to. Not childbirth. I think men, it's actually more difficult for men childbirth because they have to like, you know, watch it <laughs> and they have to like think about what's going on down there, you know? But um, I, I think that like, so I'm trying to take advantage of that. Uh, maybe it's my ro- robotic lack of a heart, but I'm trying to like get up more often than Natasha because I mm-hmm. just know like, it's just, I feel like it's harder for her. And and for me, it's like, I don't like being sleep deprived, but like, you know, I went to raves when I was a teen, so I'm used to it. <laughs> Uh, a, a question that is more for Natasha, but your assessment of how she's, is it hard for her to be working when the baby's this young? Yeah, I think so. She is actually, you know, like I said, she's doing the thing today. And, yeah, that's and, what made me wonder. And we're like slowly matriculating back into the workforce or whatever. She's got a job at Target doing front of house. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I'm working at a TGI Fridays um, and doing corporate strategy. But no, I I think that she it is difficult for her because she uh she it's already feeling like a little frantic, especially we're doing press for the for this special. We have to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. special's coming out soon. Uh, but she it's also hard to just stay home though all the time. And yeah. Just go like, oh, I'm just going to cocoon in. I think for a woman like Natasha, for someone for who's wo- had a career for a long time, exactly. it's so weird. And for a woman for women like you guys who are powerful. I mean, not the women that don't do that aren't powerful, but just like the independence of not having. When your identity was being a person with a career, yeah, I think it's and, and, hard and is. I, yeah. I, I don't even want to say. It didn't even feel fair to go for me for Natasha to go. Was it's like she's still, and I'm trying as much as I can to just go like nothing has changed other than that we have this new member of our family, and our job is. My feeling is my our job's just to love her. We're gonna she's gonna get fucked up no matter what happens. So we might as well like do, make the choices that make our lifestyle be be enjoyable for us because mm-hmm. I think it'll be a better life for for our daughter too. So uh, I'm like encouraging her. I'm going like get out of the house. Like when you you know like she got an offer to do a comedy festival. In the end, I don't think she's gonna do it. But I was just like saying go, just go, go, go. I'll take her for two days. I don't care. I'll I'll have a nanny come if I get frazzled or I, I run out of it because. I'm like I'm trying to like push her out of the house as much as possible so that a she can feel like you know her independence because that's mm. so important to a person like Natasha and you know, a person in the entertainment industry uh, and I know it sounds sort of selfish but I don't really care like it's like we're trying to like create this world in which you know she joins our life not that we re- reconstruct our life to this different thing and so that we recreate our identities i mean she we had her so she could meet us and so we could meet her not mm-hmm. not vice versa uh or not so that she could meet some new construction of ourselves is what i was right, trying to say right anyway so also i like to i want to go surfing and go do stand up so um, every time i'm going to get out of here i'm also thinking like i just got a point this is gonna be good yeah i was just talking about that on heather mcdonald's podcast i was saying that uh i went away with my sister and i have I've wanted to take a trip with my sister for the longest time, like a sister's trip, but we both have little kids. Mm -hmm. And then she came to me and said, do you want to go away? And I said, yes. Uh, And we went away for a night. And I was saying, anytime you do something like that, though, it is a transaction in your marriage. Because my husband was so cool about it. But what it means is 
I'm going to have to do something I don't want to do. One thing I drilled into Natasha like religiously when she was pregnant is that I was making a joke when I said this is a point for me because really it was super important for me that we never, ever keep score in that particular way just because like our lives don't work uh, our lives don't work like that because we both have such active careers it's mm-hmm. like she's gonna have an experience of like well i have like 10 different things and you've got nothing and vice versa so I, it never can be like but you've already we we if you look at the chart it just can't right. work like that right like, if yeah she, it's an unloving way to be it is uh, and also it's reasonable and i get why it's a transaction but i'm like it's important to me that like we figure out a way not to do that i'm my whole thing with the kid is that i'm trying to figure out and i'm not sure if it's a performance or not it might be like a psychological performance Mm. but i'm like i'll tell you if it is it might be (laughs) i i'm like i'm chill everything is chill i'm not stressed out i and i keep telling natasha like no big deal nothing's a big deal i don't even know if i believe it but somehow I've like convinced myself of the truth of that. Even when she's screaming at four mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning and I haven't slept and I'm really frustrated, I'm just like, it's chill. We're chill. We're happy. All chill. Because I just don't, I'm not interested in a stressful world in which we you know this like we freak out I and mean, it's just can't i can't have a life like it. it's the same thing with not being annoyed by uh people that i date i can't be like annoyed and bothered by my family it's like this is gonna be we're just gonna be chill uh how was her labor did she have a c-section she had a c-section so it was oh that's right seven minutes I, long you and i had talked at sketch fest and i think you knew she was gonna have one right right we had we had uh, we scheduled one which i i think is great I forget if I told you that then. A lot of people talked me out of it. Like if if you can have the baby vaginally, I recommend it. That's what people would say. Like if you can, yeah. no, they didn't say it that way. They said if you can avoid a C-section, I think you should try. Right. But having done a super long, unpleasant non-C-section labor, there's part of me that definitely sees the appeal of scheduling a C-section. I got that too. And it was like, I mean, I I, w- I had nothing to do with the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. I was just there to support Natasha and hers. And people would go, I mean, yeah, you would see people like meerkatting out of little holes in the ground. Like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> it's just like, wait, why are you involved? Like, yeah. I had friends going... Because it's healing from major abdominal surgery. That's what they would yeah. say. And, uh, but that, uh, I have but friends... But Natasha's who, tiny too. So. She's tiny. And also I've got friends that had to heal from major, um, you know... Tears and whatnot. Kablooms. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's it's healing for major abdominal surgery, uh, but also Natasha is totally back on her feet and active and all good. And I, it was the right choice for us for sure. Did she seem to be in a lot of pain in during the pregnancy? I, oh, I meant like recovering from. No, not really. It was pretty chill. I, everything's been chill. I'm chill. I start crying. <laughs> I fall over. I start seizing. No, uh, but it, it was the most chill seizure I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was very slow and nice actually. <laughs> The C-sections are crazy though, uh, because you, it's so quick. It, that does feel transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no like, you're, as a man, you're like very superfluous to the process. People are like shoving you out of the way, like, hey, homie, you know, back up, you know, who are you again? Um, <laughs> and this, it started at 10 and it was done at 10.07. I was a father. That's crazy. It was crazy. And I was just like, I felt, I don't know if I could say I felt nothing. I felt, you know, that moment people talk about like oh and then i felt i was like it was so surreal and so fast Mm -hmm. that i was just like 
what's happening i actually right, think, like you couldn't catch up to the speed at which it was happening exactly and i think that idea that people talk about like that moment of like burst emotional burst <sighs> damn bursting yeah i didn't kind, have it either it's kind of detrimental because then yes. when you don't have it you're going oh my god am i some kind of monster my, what's wrong with my me? first yeah. thought was oh no did i fuck up here and mm-hmm. i was i actually thought about my dog because everybody goes everybody goes oh you're gonna love your baby way more than your dog your dog is gonna be like shit to you you don't you're not gonna care about people your dog. told people someone advised me to get rid of our dog <laughs> like oh you're not gonna have t- like you're not gonna have time Very and your funny. dog has has served its purpose i i that was on facebook and i Tell it, to that your person. dog has served its purpose <laughs> that is so fun take so your awful. dog to a bury a, a hole in the ground put hot <laughs> stones in there okay put the dog in there eat the dog with your baby thank it for its service yeah and have a feast (laughs) feast on its flesh um so i thought about my dog the moment she popped out which is because of the way people would talk about like okay your baby's gonna just immediately usurp your whole love area so then the dog and then i was like wait do i still love the dog wait do i love her more than the dog i used to do that comparison all the time i was in the hospital for a few days and i would constant like when the person who was watching wendy would send a picture of wendy i was i would constantly compare like who just their their place in my heart because like i didn't know this baby yet. Uh, exactly and i know the dog very well yeah. and like and, and the dog was my baby and exactly and the dichotomy set up from other people you yeah. never i imagine i never was like okay so when the baby comes then it'll be a competition then i'll finally figure out if i love her or the dog that was <laughs> no, an, a foreign people, idea yeah and so literally i mean the baby the the infant my infant daughter i mean my newborn is being held up by a doctor the miracle of life and i'm going now do i love her like pomp or do I love Pablo <laughs> like her? And um, and then one of the cool things that happens with the C-section, I don't I don't know if it happens with uh, labor for a father. This is good for a father. Is they inject you filled with? Oh, maybe it happens if you get an epidural. Uh, period. Because maybe that's what. But there's even more drugs with a C-section because it's surgery. Spinal, yeah. So the so the mother is like really out of it, and that's bad for her, but like kind of good for you as a father because. It's so foreign and so weird and especially like the C-section is so quick that you're just like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening? And then they go here and <laughs> yeah. you're like, your your wife is like puking in a bucket or like barely coherent and you're like sitting on a couch. So I just had to take her and hold her and just sort of like be like, okay, I guess this is my charge now. Uh-huh. And I thought that was great. I don't know if it was cosmic, but it was really great because the first like eight or nine hours it was just like me and her nobody else and the connection that's so organic for the mother is sort of like forced foisted upon you for the dad right so i got to like just hold her and take a nap and and that was really nice and then there was a moment when the the nurse came it was like oh we have to go do something i don't know what to do but take her away and i was i go great okay i'm gonna leave it was like an hour and i went and i ate so much (laughs) i ate like a plate of enchiladas and then i got like two buttermilk donuts i don't ever do that mm-hmm. but i was like having like panic eating i was just like stuffing donuts down and i came back and uh, held her a little more and that was pretty nice yeah it's a Aww. good day let's do just me or everyone but first i want to tell you guys i'm on patreon patreon.com slash allison rosen is where you go there's different reward levels bonus content fun stuff go there and also i have a book out tropical attire encouraged and other phrases that scare me and that is out now if you go to allisonrosen.com you can find that and since i normally i do plugs at the end but it feels rude for me to plug my shit now and not plug your shit plug my shit go watch the honeymoon special the honeymoon special on netflix tomorrow or 
tonight which is technically tomorrow and from now i know these midnight kids are gonna be pissed (laughs) that's right from now on yeah it's streaming and i i'm just very proud of it it's a unique piece of comedy it's like a special it's a special in that it is special and uh a lot of the stuff we're talking about today we we talk about in the stand-up and uh but in a in a irreverent and fun way i also love the font oh thank you very much yeah and i noticed when you guys were posting your tour dates I, I loved the font then. I don't know if it's the same font, but I don't, whoever's in charge of your font work, good we, work. We are font freaks. We <laughs> are double Fs. So thank you. Thank you for watching, people. For real, though, who chooses that? Is that both of you? Well, we have a guy. Oh. We have a font man, Fred Font <laughs> and Frederick Font. Uh, but uh, no, we have a guy that makes those flyers, but we chose the font for the special. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're really aesthetic people, so we care. Well, good work. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, this is where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Dina says, as a kid, I thought the line from Home on the Range, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, meant the word seldom was considered discouraging. I did not do that. I Am I to answer? Yes, you are. I did not do that. I seldom heard that concept. Right. This is actually the first time I've heard it interpreted that way. But I, I mean, I, there's all sorts of lyrics that I misheard. Right. But I don't think I misunderstood this one in this that way. This seems really intuitive. And to the person that wrote in, I just want you to, you should take this as like, y- you really fucked up here. <laughs> right. This isn't a fun, usually this is a fun bit, but for this is like, you need to examine yourself. Uh, Which is a discouraging word. Right. You know, the song, you might not know this as a professional Jew, but um, I, I intended that to sound funny and I feel like it I don't do it for a living. as insulting. No, I don't do it for a living. Aren't you a Jew? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's why I feel like I can say that. You can do anything, but I you feel want. like you're more Jewy than I am. I don't know about that. But Natasha converted for for oh, you, right? Your your person didn't convert. No. Oh, because I don't. God. I'm not practicing. I'm not really either. I don't know. I did. It's not that Natasha had to convert because I forced her to physically. So <laughs> that's sort of what, and that's the last religious thing I've ever done. But it was important to you. You know what? She volunteered because she knew it was important to me. I would never have had the audacity to ask it of mm. her. If so, had she decided not to do it, I would have just accepted that and that would have been that. I don't think I ever would have. I was definitely encouraging when she right. intimated that she would do it, but it wasn't. Uh, it's what a chauvinistic thing to be like. And also, join my worldview. <laughs> I mean, it's not even really my worldview. Yeah. But yeah. Well, so are you are you practicing? Like, to what degree do you practice? Well, I didn't eat bread during Passover. So that's okay. something. Yeah. And my my brother is a rabbi and he's a, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, I'm practicing on some level. I mean, my, th- my stuff with spiritual traditions is, is less about like believing the truth of them and more about like embracing the sort of ritualistic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I sort of think all spiritual traditions are equally good and equally bad. And you, I just stick with the one that I was born into because right. it's there. What I was going to say, and it, it was a dumb joke is, Perhaps you're not familiar with I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, but of course you are, right? I am. Um, I didn't realize until, I don't know, less than a year ago that I didn't get the premise of the song. I was just like, why is she cheating on her husband with Santa Claus? Uh Uh-huh. 
Right, right, right. I I didn't until just right now. I'm with you. I always, I guess, I I never really thought about it, but it would have, I would have assumed like, yeah, she was cheating. Right. No, that's daddy. Yes. It's a much more apparently innocent. everyone else but us knew. Right, that. right. Interesting. Well, it's the perverted Jew brain within us that thinks. So <laughs> she got right. she out here getting freaky. She getting bent over the mantle. <laughs> Okay. Lauren Kay says, when walking behind someone, I will slow down to gain space so they don't have to feel bad about not holding the door for me or run so that they don't have to wait for me. Yes. Yes. I always do that. Yes. Yes. Queen. Yes. Yes. Joanne or whatever your name is. Lauren. Yes, Lauren. Uh, and Lauren also says, when I get a glass of water for a friend at my house, always carefully inspect the glass to make sure it is 100% clean and no smudges. No. No, you have OCD, queen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that I go 100%, but I definitely make sure I'm not giving them a dirty glass. One thing I do is I hold doors open for people, and it's I, I'm starting to realize like it's not magnanimous because i get so angry when they don't thank me mm. it used to happen to me at toll booths in san francisco i would uh, when i lived in the bay area i would always go and i would say hi how are you to the toll booth operator and they would never answer me and i would always get angry mm-hmm. and i started to realize like why am i asking do i want to know how they're doing or do i want them to be kind and respect me in the way that i've decided they so then they i was like to. oh this is really just about like me like testing these like random miserable toll booth operators right i just so then i just stopped stopped asking but then you moved because you couldn't handle it anymore i would just pull up i would throw a wad of money at him and I'd <laughs> give me my fucking receipt and drive off <laughs> tobias says have shopping carts have shopping carts on the go with various objects on 10 to 15 different websites with no real intention to order like on, when you're doing when you're shopping online got it um no i don't i do have an intention to order but i do abandon shopping carts online frequently and then i trust that when i come back it'll be like here's your four items and then sometimes they aren't still there i uh, don't do that i don't do that well i guess you're better than everyone i mean i wouldn't say better than everyone i would just say sort of superior to all people okay does that make sense yeah it's semantic yeah fart girl Okay, yes. Yes, my answer is yes. I always find a pile of socks at the foot of the bed every time I reset my sheets. First of all, I enjoy that you call it resetting your sheets. My feet are always cold in the middle of the night. Sorry. My feet are always cold, but in the middle of the night, they disappear off my feet. Nope, I don't do that. If I go to sleep with socks on, I wake up with with socks on. But my son does that. I... um. I have started in my in my fourth quarter of life here. I'm I'm only going to live to be fifty. Uh, I've started being unable to sleep in uh, bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> they they come off in the night. Mm. It's a good thing I'm married. But uh, yeah, I can't. I now am I'm now a, a naked naked from the waist down sleeper, and I will find my underwear at the bottom of the. So maybe me and Fart Girl should get together, yeah. and create a little sock underwear combo. You should fart. <laughs> panda says you should only be allowed to order for people presently in the car at in and out drive through hashtag lady reading list of orders from phone oh interesting yeah i i do i do understand what she's saying but she's wrong you know what i mean <laughs> i agree with that. I morally agree with, I, she's morally she's right but technically she's at, she's dead i mean that's that's not how it works yeah it's just not fair i'm sorry i got distracted I'm just going to share what's going on. I got distracted by seeing what time it is. I know that you have a hard out in 12 minutes. 
Oh, is there a lot more to do? There's no. We're actually at the very end. Oh, okay. But I just the reason I I I can't have a thought that I don't speak. It's just my thing. Um, because I'm just like, how did the time go so fast? Because when you're when you because we're in the when flow. you do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life. <laughs> that must be it. Thank you. <laughs> I just came up with that, so it's pretty cool. That's you should do a TED talk. You know who wrote, who said that quote originally? Actually? I don't. Was it? It's fart girl. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's a fart girl. Quote. Wow. The, this fart. Wow. The fart girl. Yeah. Dave Cross says, unless they're. Cocky- Wait a minute. Who? Not no different. Dave Cross. It'd be cool if he was writing it. It would be so cool. Yeah. Just with like a quirky anecdote. Yeah. Oh now, have God. you ever? When you get a quarter <laughs> pound of cheese and then you you weigh it. Do you ever do this? <laughs> okay, David Cross. Unless they're Caucasian, I'm afraid to say that two people resemble each other, even if they genuinely do. Oh my God! Yes, 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 King. What cis white man? <laughs> I. You know what sucks when you meet a black person that looks like a celebrity, mm-hmm. and it's like. I want to say this, and it is true. By the way, I don't know why I need to say it, but I do. Like, when, and, and and I know the celebrity, but then I'll just I won't. Yeah, I just won't do it. I had a great racist experience around this zone. Please, um, I we used to be in the clan. Do you know that? I was. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is more racist than I expected. Yeah. But I guess you had warned me. Yeah. No, I one time I was at a comedy club, and my friend. Um, who is Asian? That's germane to the story, mm. uh, slightly. His and had a girl there that was also Asian. Okay, he introduced me to her. This is my friend Blank, and I uh, or my girlfriend, or th- they were on a date. And I was like, "Nice to meet you." The next week, uh, same club, he was like, uh, "This is uh, whatever." And I go, "Oh yeah, hey, and, and nice. To, I'm saw you. I met you last week." And she was like, "I wasn't here last week." And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was God. like no. I'm simultaneously like oh. racist and a player hater, like all in one. Like I'm, I'm like this is the the word, and I just I don't know what I did. I think I moonwalked out of there and was just like, um, yeah, I don't I, white guilt, white guilt, white guilt. Oh my god, I would have spent like an hour and thirty minutes making it worse trying to. Oh make yeah, it better. no, because he was. Yeah, I, I mean, no, because I, I knew, just want you to understand. That I that. knew everything that happened. It was like there was no way to make yeah. it better because also he was on a date with another woman, right? So everything was bad. The only solution <laughs> was to just be like, yeah, you damn right i'm racist and run out of the room <laughs> well are you still friends with him i am still friends with <laughs> okay him. good and lastly pearl says often tempted to search acquaintances distant relatives co-workers etc home addresses into google maps so i can see what their houses look like no oh. i don't i don't have that i have i will admit and i know other people do this a couple times i'll look up someone's house and I'll see how much they paid for it. And then I'm always like, holy shit. Oh, I've or done like, that oh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that information is so readily available. Do you look up people's net worth? No, because I feel like that... Because I've seen what they think I'm worth and it's... And it's fake? Yes. I find it usually tr- corresponds to what I would have assumed. That w- What someone's worth? That when I really? look up celebrity net worth, I use them like, that seems like it makes sense. And then once in a while... I feel like it's based on complete nothing. It is based on nothing, but yet it feels like it tracks with what I would have guessed. Right. You know okay. what I mean? I don't know. Maybe I need to take it to heart more. By the and, way, I, I'm going to re- be Googling yours on the way home. I can't, I can guarantee now I can't it. remember if, if it was more or less. Uh-huh. It was definitely in one direction. Uh-huh. Oh, you're in one direction, so it's got to be less. <laughs> If people didn't know that about yeah. you, I mean, that's such a popular group. Moshe, it was so much fun having you on the show. You're my new best friend. That's what they say, and I agree with it. You know who originally said that? 
um, fart girl. Fart girl. Yeah, yeah. It was her. So everyone should go out. They should watch your special. You also have a book that came out some I, time ago. I Cash do have a book, Rye. Cash in the Rye, the true tale of a white boy from Oakland who became a drug addict, criminal, mental patient, I mean, we and didn't, then turned 16. We didn't even talk about that. So you're going to have to come back sometime. I would love I want to hear that story. Give Natasha my best. I will indeed. And your baby. And where can people find you online and whatnot? At Moshe Kasher, MosheKasher.com. And uh, you know, the honeymoon special. It's streaming tomorrow, tonight. Very Tom- funny. Thank you. Jeff, where do we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And according to the internet, the two sites that I pulled up real quickly, one site says you're worth $300,000. Look good for me. The other one says you're worth $4 million. Also good for me. Mm, four. Let's see Moshe's here. I don't know. I hope I'm on there. If I'm not on there, that's how you know you're nobody. <laughs> Nothing, no <laughs> results. Like, I, think it's a, I think it is an N.A. Ooh, the one that said Allison was worth $4 million says you're worth $19 million. <gasps> $19 million? Wow, they got, how did, they got the exact number. That it's is crazy. so specific. No, you're lying. Really? Yeah. I think you're lying. $19 million? They couldn't put it on the internet if it wasn't true. Hilarious. Yeah. No, that's so crazy. I have exactly $19 million exactly in 19. my checking account. They must be linked to your checking account. Yeah. That's how they know. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen and follow me on Instagram at Allison Rosen. Go to AllisonRosen.com for all the other places to follow me. Thank you again, listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 